is the Powerful Nonsense Podcast. Learn everything you need to know to make a living outside the 9-to-5 grind and crush it at life. You'll learn from inspirational guests and in-depth discussions. Go from employee to entrepreneur and start creating a life you love and still pay the bills. So here are your hosts, Wayne Ingram and Jem Yildiz. Let's get on with the show! This podcast is sponsored by the University of Northampton, the first UK university to be awarded the Ashoka U Changemaker Campus status in recognition for their commitment to social entrepreneurship. Yo, 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 yo. Welcome to the Powerful Nonsense Podcast. Oh, yeah. We're back in your ear holes once again. Thanks for coming back. Unless you're a first timer. In which case, you're in for a treat, if we do say so ourselves. Hopefully. If you are a newcomer, because we're getting loads of them, if you are one of them, then introductions are in order. I am Wayne Ingram. And I am Jem Yildiz. And uh, we're here today to talk about rejection, and whether or not, specifically, you are rejecting yourself. Well, that sounds a bit wanky. <laughs> you came up with a title. <laughs> I think it's just like a step in. Uh, what's the word when it's a stand-in title? But a working title. Working title. That's, that's the one. Oh, you see, you didn't brief me with that. Whoops. So I've gone. I've gone for it now. <laughs> Never mind. <laughs> so uh, that's our wanky title for the episode. <laughs> <laughs> um, so yeah. So this is this is an episode idea for you that came from you, wasn't it, Jim? It was. Um, what was the, what was the inspiration? Because you're always coming up with these crazy ideas out of what feels like nowhere. Um, I think for me, I think it might have actually been something I was listening to either with like Philip McKernan or some mm-hmm. someone I was listening to or a book I was reading. It was kind of this idea that actually a lot of the time what we're doing, if it doesn't actually connect with who we are ultimately we're rejecting ourselves and it just makes life a massive slog because everything feels harder to do mm-hmm. and so I just thought actually rejection plays a massive part in a lot of what we do and it's obviously usually the main reason why we don't go and pursue the things we want to do mm-hmm. and it's just quite um, interesting just to kind of explore how to kind of overcome rejection should we get more comfortable with facing it mm-hmm. and um, yeah just thought it'd be something quite good to talk about. So it's kind of quite a lot to unpack with it really I suppose there's this idea of are we doing shit we hate because we're not convinced that we can do the shit that we love um, there's that kind of um, almost that trying to fit in and keep up with the Joneses stuff which we talk about a hell of a lot as well playing it safe like are we playing mm-hmm. it safe because we're afraid that if we push ourselves too far we might get rejected or if we do pursue the things that we actually want to do then if we do get rejected, the rejection is going to hurt a lot more because it's actually something we want to do, whereas it's Mm -hmm. a lot easier to get rejected for something that you don't really care much about because you can say, well, I didn't really care much about it anyway. (laughs) Yeah, true. Um, So I think um, one good place to start, I think, would probably be kind of where the rejection comes from with ourselves. Um, And I think a lot of it goes back to our childhood, really, um, and kind of the programming that we get in our sort of early years when we're at school and things like that and 
and kind of, I mean, playground politics, my God, <laughs> did I hate playground politics. I was well happy to be <laughs> rid of that. I was quite I happy, actually, because I was like best friends with the, the, the biggest bully in the school, so. <laughs> oh, you see, I was I was the opposite end of the spectrum. I was, I was one of those nerds that everybody like, is like, he's so uncool. <laughs> I'm still uncool. Nothing's changed. <laughs> <laughs> I'm still uncool, but I don't get bullied for it anymore, at least not in front of my face, <laughs> maybe behind my back. <laughs> Well, no comment. <laughs> <laughs> I try and style it out when I can. <laughs> but yeah, so so when we're kind of at school, we get all of this programming, which comes from our peers, which comes from our teachers, which comes from our parents, um, which can then later have a big effect really on, on kind of how we perceive ourselves. Mm-hmm. Um, whether that be, um, for example, one thing that we always talk about a lot is... Um, having to get things right in class because you don't want to appear stupid. <laughs> mm-hmm. Which is why a lot of people don't didn't really like reading out in class, did they? Yeah, right. Because kind of you get picked, you're like putting your head down as low as you can because the idea that if you say something wrong, that's it. Everybody's mm-hmm. rejected you because and they're going to make a fool out of you. <laughs> mm-hmm. But then, as an example then, you might then take that, well, I don't want to read because... I might appear stupid and then it can become this self-fulfilling prophecy because you're not reading out loud, you're not utilizing that skill or those muscles or whatever and so then you're not going to be as good as reading out loud so when that teacher does decide oh actually you've not read out loud for a while i'm going to pick on you you're not as adept because you've been so afraid of reading out loud anyway yeah and that could just roll on to the future of your life really i remember for so long i used to say to myself like i don't enjoy reading it's not for me mm-hmm. until i actually read a book i enjoyed and actually didn't have that fear i didn't have to write an essay because of the book i didn't have to tell somebody about a book didn't have to read it out loud and it become a bit, bit more of a pleasure so that's the danger in those rejections mm-hmm. but it was um, quite interesting because I read a um, I, think, I think it was actually Sully Brakes who actually shared um, a post on his Facebook recently and he was kind of saying this idea that like when we was younger we used to um, like colour trees purple we used to paint elephants mm-hmm. um, green and we used to uh, scribble outside the lines and we mm-hmm. used to do all these things and it's kind of this idea kind of like what you're saying there is that as time goes on, like we weren't afraid to get rejected that we coloured the elephant a different colour or we made the tree a weird colour purple. But as time goes on, all these rejections, all these um, these things that kind of like mentally build up kind of dull us down, like mm-hmm. they actually close us off and put us smaller and smaller and smaller to the point that we, we've become so scared of rejection that we've actually shut off a lot of our just creativity. Yeah. And I think that's that's quite an important thing is to kind of, you find that most successful people nowadays or people who are kind of pursuing the things they want to do is like they have found a way to become rejection-proof. I think people hold off so much from following the things they want to do because of it, and it's kind of such a shame because Mm. it's only kind of working through those rejections that you actually create the things you want to do and, yeah, do the things you want to do, really. Yeah, I mean, I think of, like... um, I think it's... I've made it well-known on this podcast many times that... um, in senior school, I was bullied a lot. Um, but I think actually a lot of that bullying came from my own self-rejection. The bullying started, I took it to heart, and then I kind of embodied whatever it was I was being bullied for um, and then acknowledged what it was I was being bullied for. And um, then it became part of my identity, really, which then in itself then made it 10 times worse because it then became magnified whereas it might have been just a a little small thing it just got magnified and magnified and magnified um 
and and so then that affected that still affects me now like i i now actually do i mean i'm kind of getting over it but social rejection man that that can hit me hard sometimes that social rejection there are things you, you know those like little memories of those stupid things that you do that then but like it's a little tiny thing like it's just something you said to somebody once and they took it the wrong way and it was 10 years ago and it's still crops up in you and your your stomach still turns every time you think about it and stuff like that i think it's really interesting just how much those sorts of things where you kind of go i was so stupid then and it just plays on your mind for 10 years and it's still the way you behave based on that one singular event that made you feel really uncomfortable can have such an impact later on it down the line i just find that really fascinating really Mm -hmm. fascinating and it just becomes that scenario where it just influences so many of your actions later on that actually it may not even need to influence and it just becomes this downward spiral of just you trying to overcome that negative experience by not doing what created that negative experience anyway but that could have been a, the odds of that happening again could be so minuscule mm-hmm. um it's like those when people go out to a bar for example and they approach a, a hot girl and they you know try and flirt a little bit and then they just get point blank rejected and then there's this fear then for some people, mm-hmm. where they're just like, oh, I'm not going to do that again. That didn't end well. <laughs> that makes me feel really uncomfortable. I feel like a dick. Uh-huh. <laughs> so then they won't go up and do it again. But it, the best thing to do, really, is to do it again and again and again until you realise that actually it's not going to happen every time. I think that's a key point there. And I think the way to see it, and I think I've kind of, because I was the same quite insecure when I was younger, but then what changed is that I just learned don't know why, just over time reading, talking to people, is that rejection doesn't hurt when you put it into perspective mm-hmm. and in like a factual perspective. Mm-hmm. I think for most people, like you say there, if the guy goes up to the girl in the bar and gets rejected, it doesn't hurt because the girl rejected him. It's because he believes that he's not good enough. Like he, mm-hmm. You've just basically confirmed the thing that you already believe in. But then somebody who's very comfortable with rejection just says, you know what, that's one of 200 people in this club. Right. And who cares? I'll go to the next right. one. And I think that's the difference. And it goes back to having that sort of childish mentality. The kid mm. doesn't, the kid just walks over to someone and says something. The kid says, oh, I want a sweet, and then just takes it off the counter and takes it right. for himself or just isn't afraid to kind of do the things because <laughs> they haven't kind of, they haven't even acknowledged that you can, people can say no or there could be a rejection uh-huh. or getting rejected. If that, so someone <laughs> says, no, you've got to pay for that, they don't even think about it. They go, yeah. okay, never mind. There was a home video which I don't think we've got anymore. It was my uh, sister's sixth birthday. I may have mentioned this on the podcast once before. Um, it's my sister's sixth birthday at McDonald's, back when McDonald's did the kids' birthday parties, right? And I was I would have been like two, maybe two and a half by this point. And uh, uh, somebody had won one of the McDonald's frisbees that they did. Um, and I just walked up to the the guy running the party and I just went, where's mine? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And it, it's just that bolshiness, that yeah. kind of audacity just to kind of go, where the hell is my frisbee? Yeah. Like, why do they get one and I don't? Whereas I, I couldn't imagine myself doing that anymore and just being like, hang on. Why aren't I getting a free frisbee? It's really funny, actually. And that's why I think there's actually a great TED talk. I can't remember the name, but it's this guy who basically went and did the, he calls it the Rejection Olympics, where he kind of is an older person and he kind of was 
um, going out and finding as many ways to get rejected as possible. And he was doing some ridiculous ask. I think he went into um, Krispy Kreme and requested, because it was the Olympics going on, he requested that they made him the Olympic rings out of donuts. And he actually, and they actually did it for him. Amazing. And there's so many other things in there. He got he got rejected tons of times. And then Krispy Kreme now. I actually, um, I watched his, I watched that TED talk, and then um, I was saying to my girlfriend, like, I'm going to start doing some things to get rejected. And I remember mm-hmm. we went down to the shops, and um, I went into like an off license, and I was like, um, there was a newspaper, and it had a massive like crease in the front page, uh-huh. and so I went to the counter with this um, newspaper. And I was like, oh, um, there's a crease on the front page. Could I get a discount, please? And the lady, she was like, and at the time I was freaking out. I was like, I can't believe I'm going to ask for a discount on a, on a paper. It was only like the crease was just in the corner. So it was a really small crease. And I thought, oh, God, my heart started going. I started panicking. Lisa's like, you're an idiot. Why are you doing this? I was like, just want to do it to see what it feels like. And so uh-huh. I got to the counter. My heart's racing. My adrenaline's rushing. I put it down on the counter and I say to the lady, I'm like, oh, could... Um, I noticed there's a crease in the corner. Could I get a discount off this paper, please? It was already like 30p for the paper. I would hate you so much. <laughs> and then and then she goes to she she laughed initially and she went she goes, um, she goes, Oh no, sorry, we don't do discounts on the papers, but but it's worth asking anyway. And then even that, right. the fact that and then I I've instantly I was like happy to pay for it, paid 30p and went. And I thought it was just kind of funny that she kind of said, Oh, it was worth asking. And I think that's the bit that I took away from it, the idea that you know what, on a good day, someone might have said, you know what, take the paper. Yeah. Or they might have said, yeah, oh, I'll ask my boss and the boss might come over and think, who the hell is this idiot? <laughs> um, but maybe he says, yeah, it has got a crease, it's not going to sell, I'd rather sell it to you for 20p than 30p. Right. And I think these... it's going to be thrown out at the end of the day anyway. And it's got nothing to do with the actual, the thing you're buying or the thing you're trying to test. It's just, why was my heart race, racing so hard mm-hmm. over a newspaper? Why was my adrenaline rushing? Why was I in such fear that someone would say no to me? Yeah. And I think that's the part that I thought As somebody was, that you'd probably never, ever meet again. Yeah, never meet again. But there's so many chances in your life that you've probably got an opportunity whether you go to a talk and you can talk to the person who's on stage. And the worst thing that happens is, sorry, I can't talk to you right now. Can you? Oh, here's my email. But mm-hmm. then you've got a link, a lead. And so I just think, like, if you check, we'll, we'll link up to the, the talk in, the, in, the, um, in our show notes. And I think if you could just kind of, like, go out and just try something to get a rejection, something that's totally stupid, whether it's like, oh, buy a Snickers bar and ask for one free or mm-hmm. something like that, and just, just experience it. So we've got to take a little, little, little break uh, just to thank our sponsor for the show. Uh, we're sponsored, once again, by the University of Northampton. Um, and if you haven't checked these guys out, honestly, this, they're such a good uni. And I, I say that as a graduate, as an alumni um, who has been there. Uh, they really put out a lot of opportunities for people to develop their own business, which is why they match up with what we're doing. Um, and it's not just about setting up a business whilst you're learning your degree. It's also about setting up a business which has a real social impact and really does good in the world. Um, so if you are thinking about setting up your business and thinking about getting a degree, then check them out, northampton.ac.uk. And we thank them very much for supporting the show. Um, also, we've launched an ebook. It's been a while. Well, it took a while for you to write it. <laughs> yeah, it did. <laughs> uh, but we launched an ebook and it's available to you guys for free. Um, it is about finding time for your side hustle and kind of battling between earning the money at the nine to five and the day job and 
making sure that you've got the energy and the time to put into your business as well. Um, a lot of productivity type stuff, but also a little bit of sleep hacking in there as well. Mm-hmm. Things like that. So if that sounds like an interesting read, then head on over to powerfulnonsense.com. It's on the homepage. You can pop in your email address and you can download it for free. Good stuff. So back to rejection. Yes. A one little tidbit of information, mm-hmm. which I always love bringing up when people talk about rejection is the fact that um, your brain treats reaction in the same way Jeez, that it treats, treats physical rejection. pain. You what said, did I say? You said treats reaction. Did I say reactions? <laughs> uh, <clears throat> let me try that again. Your brain reacts to rejection the same way that it reacts to physical pain. There we go. I got mm-hmm. it. I got it. Well, I think, yeah, there's already science that proves that. They've done all the studies, and I think that kind of really goes back to that... Um, episode we had with um guy winch Mm -hmm. and he was talking about how to deal with rejection this idea that it does hurt our bodies it does stay with us Mm -hmm. i've read so many kind of what you might think are woo-woo books but actually how the body holds the emotions so like the triggers Mm -hmm. of something going wrong could cause you to have a a back pain or could have tight muscles so these Mm -hmm. things are actual physical symptoms that actually happen to your body but yeah that's a whole another can of worms open but i think What's really important when it comes to rejection is to understand that, yeah, it can have these long-term effects on us. And I think it is vital that we kind of learn how to, what Guy Winch calls, give ourselves this emotional first aid. It's that idea that we've had the conversations when, obviously, maybe you've gone on a date and it might not have gone so well. Uh and Or you've gone on a date or you planned a date and maybe that person doesn't turn up. And like if you haven't got a friend to kind of sit down with you and kind of clarify Mm why that's nothing to do with you, Yeah. why it's not your fault, why you are good enough and you, you will find somebody else or something like that along those mm-hmm. lines. I think that's where someone goes totally into their own head and a rejection could actually really hit somebody hard and actually it might be something that like could turn into something worse, really. And so, it's, yeah, it's just important to kind of sometimes use other people to help yourself find perspective but also be able to talk to have some self-talk so that the rejection doesn't hurt you on that deeper level really yeah most definitely and actually it's funny because we had a a brief conversation yesterday where a date of mine had cancelled on me um and i was like "Eh, whatever Mm -hmm. and uh you and this is probably something that's going to stick in my head for a while you turn around you're like god you're dealing with rejection so much better these days (laughs) Yeah, because I remember you used to go like, that would happen and you might There'd be yeah. a huge conversation yeah. about, well, what does that mean? And, yeah, yeah, yeah. and really overanalyzing it. Or you'd just be off for a day or something and then you'd be a bit thing, overthinking it and then you'd text and you've kind of built it up into some, you've like catastrophized it, which is a common right. common thing that people mm-hmm. do, like anxiety that happens. And I think that's why social connections are really important for um, rejection as yeah. well because often, like we say, you if you're in that stress state, you're not very rational. Mm-hmm. And we know that rejection puts you into that hyperdrive adrenaline. Mm-hmm. And so sometimes you need that sort of outside person or your mm-hmm. friends or your family to kind of say, you know, it's not as bad. Like, it's not as bad as it seems. And it's, yeah, it's kind of getting that perspective, really. Yeah, but it's also just about um, knowing that in that scenario, as you kind of alluded to, it's not about you, quite often anyway in fact often the rejection often says more about the other person than it does against you i would say Mm -hmm. um particularly in scenarios like a date cancelling on you last minute it's usually more about them than it is about you which i know is really cliche when you're talking dating it's not you it's me Um, (laughs) but it's true and i think if you if you take those um 
scenarios and those times and those things that have happened to you and and you start internalizing them and making them about you mm-hmm. that's when you're going to start dealing with this self rejection because you're mm-hmm. going to you're finding reasons why they're saying no mm-hmm. i mean i think about also with actors you go into an audition room they already want you to be good they already have thought yeah this person could play the role that I want them to play. I've probably seen their show reel, so I know they can act. Now I've just got to work out which one of these actors that can act is right for the part. Mm-hmm. But it's so easy when you get rejected from your audition to think, oh, well, I obviously wasn't good enough. And it's not about not being good enough. It's about the fact that Joe Bloggs down the road was actually, he just actually looked better on camera next to the woman that they've already cast as the, the lead mm-hmm. female. Mm-hmm. So it's nothing to do with you, it's more about them. I guess Eckhart Tolle would be, would be saying that that is the ego and I think that is mm. a lot of the time. I think if you're very, I guess really if you have a lot of self-esteem which is something that is a skill that you have to build upon and have a lot of confidence which again is a skill that you have to maintain and build upon on a consistent basis. If you have those things, it, they don't affect you as much because the ego is kind of crying out to be accepted by other people but if you have a kind of sense of being comfortable within yourself Mm-hmm. It's very easy to brush those off. And I think you can also go into, we spoke about this before, this whole post-traumatic growth. Getting rejected is often traumatic, but the people that actually do the best and actually end up getting what they want is that they see the rejection as an opportunity to get closer to the thing that they want. So just because I don't get a client that I wanted and they say, no, I don't want to do business with you, I don't mm-hmm. get upset and say, oh my God, I must be rubbish at what I do, they hate me. I say, that's a bad client, and I know a good one's on its way. Yeah. And so I don't get offended, whereas back in the day, I definitely would have been like, oh my God, maybe I said too, something wrong, maybe I mm-hmm. priced it wrong, maybe I am rubbish at what I do, that's why no one wants to work with me. And I think that is something that really takes time, and you'll have days where yeah. it goes back and you'll start thinking those, but then it's kind of like how you put things in place, mm-hmm. those emotional... Um, band-aids in place whether that's your friends whether that's an email from one of your clients that tells you how great they were with how happy they were with some Mm -hmm. work that you've done whether you've got relationships around you your family Mm -hmm. and I think yeah it's kind of having that awareness having that gratitude but ultimately just being very comfortable in yourself which is easier said than done oh yeah but it is a practice that you've got to develop yeah I think I think that's why that rejection Olympics works so well and that going out and actively seeking rejection because you quickly realize actually do you know what I've just been rejected but I'm in exactly the same position as I was Mm -hmm. before I got rejected Mm -hmm. (laughs) like nothing's changed I'm still healthy I'm still fine but I think one thing that the rejection does then later cause us to do is to really start being restrictive in our behavior and uh, we then start putting things out of bounds in our kind of the way we do things it's like well no I won't do that because if I do that I'm going to get rejected which is going to upset my ego (laughs) and so you start avoiding social situations as an example and that's where I think loads of things like anxiety can really start to come from I mean I know that a lot of uh, my anxieties and stuff come have come from rejection. Mm-hmm. Um, I think of that. I don't know if I mentioned this on the podcast, uh, but I went to meet some friends in a restaurant and we booked out a private room at the back of the restaurant and I went to show up uh, and I got an email when I came out the tube from the guy that had been organising it all saying, oh, by the way, if uh, any of the members of staff look a little bit 
confused, then just speak to the manager because he knows what's going on. So I got that email and I thought, well, hang on. If he sent me that email saying, Sp- speak to the manager, that means he's not there, which means... I'm going to have to deal with the awkwardness of people not knowing what they're going to what's going on and I don't want to deal with that. And I kind of went into this sort of social anxiety mode which was really weird and I stood outside the restaurant for about 15 20 minutes waiting for these guys to show up because I didn't want to be the one to have to go in and deal with that social rejection of who the fuck's this guy. Um turns out everybody was already in there anyway and if I'd just gone in the restaurant would have been fine. I would have been fine. Um but it was that fear of that rejection of like who's this weirdo mm-hmm. that I was just like no I'm going to stand out in the cold for 15 minutes and wait yeah. to see if someone turns up first <laughs> yeah I think with these things as well sometimes they're not things that you can just work on yourself because mm. you're always going to try to avoid it and that's where I would say they're the kind of things where you probably need someone who's qualified to sit down with you and kind of oh, yeah. work through where these fears have come from mm-hmm. Because often, like I say, yeah, you're Jeff. You're not gonna. You can find out why you feel that way mm-hmm. and what you know you probably should be doing. But often, it obviously needs a lot more. Oh yeah, deeper work because you got to think it. It's the same with like working the body. Like when people expect that their posture is going to be back to normal in a couple of months, it's yeah. like, well, you've been programming this social uh, fear for mm-hmm. how many ever years of your life? 15, 10 years of your life. It's not going to just change overnight. You need someone to kind of right. Right. Tweak it. Exactly. But I think it's also, I think it's so important that you, when you put yourself in scenarios where you are seeking this rejection or you are experiencing this rejection, just just take a moment just to really break that situation down. Because I think that, that scenario kind of taught me like, that was a stupid thing to do of just not not engaging in that scenario of not wanting members of staff from a restaurant you're probably never going to go back into ever again. Mm-hmm. To taking 10 seconds to go, uh, I don't quite understand what you're telling me. Mm. That was it. It wouldn't even be, have been a judgment on my character. It would have just been a judgment on the scenario of, yeah, I'm not quite sure what's going on here. It had nothing to do with me whatsoever. Um, so I think if you do experience those rejections, and it does kind of make you go, oh, feel a little bit uncomfortable, just try and break it down. Because I think if you don't, it's only going to cause you more problems later on. Yeah, and I think just one thing to consider as well nowadays, obviously with technology, we can get rejected a lot faster a lot quicker and i think that most people are afraid to write a blog or most people are afraid to post a picture of themselves and they hide themselves or these kind of things and i think these are kind of like small ways as well that you can start putting yourself out Mm -hmm. there the same when we did the podcast or when i started doing the blog it's kind of this idea that i was just about brave enough to put a blog out there not share it too much and i was afraid that i'd get rejected that people might say you who are you to have something to say or who Mm -hmm. are you to write that blog that makes no sense but it's kind of, you slowly, slowly do it and you realise that actually people start reading your stuff because they actually are interested that there's someone out there who is doing what they kind of mm. wish they could do and yeah. it becomes, and then you build up a confidence and you feel happy to start putting out content. And mm-hmm. so I think nowadays you might as well, you've got you've just got to kind of learn to embrace that failure. Yeah, I think so. And just get comfortable. Rejection is a part of life, like you said before, and just keep taking it on. Do those rejection Olympics. Uh-huh. There we are. Plenty of food for thought there. Yeah, I didn't actually think we could talk for that long on rejection, but it was <laughs> quite interesting that it went on for that long. Hopefully it was entertaining for you guys and you got something out of it. Mm. I think there's just so much to cover with it. I think uh, there's so much underlying stuff um, linked to rejection and that's kind of psychological health generally. I think 
plenty to unpack. Um, just to touch on it as well, if you haven't listened to our interview with Guy Winch or even Guy Winch's TED Talk, definitely recommend those. Um, but yes, also, we want you guys to get in contact with us a little bit more. So hit us up with an email. Send us a question. If you don't want your questions out in the public, send us an email. You can email me at wayne at powerfulnonsense.com and you can email Jem at gem at powerfulnonsense.com. Perfectly simple. And yet also, we'd really like you to leave a nice little iTunes review if you're enjoying the show because it really does help to boost the show's presence on iTunes and get more people listening because this stuff's useful for people and we'd love to share it with, with more uh, excited listeners. <laughs> so yeah, leave an iTunes review, five stars or more would be lovely. And with that, we will catch you next time. See you later.